Hi everyone, this is Dan Miller and you're listening to Speaking of Products. On this show, I focus on what it takes to start and grow a business around technology products. These days, there are so many fantastic people creating all sorts of wonderful technology products that make our world a better place. For every one of the popular platforms you know and love, there are many more new and lesser known ones on the way. I'm on the journey myself to create a technology product business, and so I've produced this podcast as a way of sharing the ideas, strategies, and tactics I discover on the way. There's always something we can learn from ambitious founders and what they do to get ahead. The goals here are to highlight what has worked for the success stories and to uncover what is going on with those hidden gems. G'day and welcome back to Speaking of Products. In today's episode, I'm having an interview with Noah Bragg. He's a product developer from the United States. And I first came across Noah's work via his podcast, which is called Product Journey. Now, Noah's co-host on that is Ben Mann, who you might remember from a previous episode here on Speaking of Products. And I really love the stories that Noah and Ben talk about on their show. But in recent times, Noah's been really busy and really active. And I thought, ah, this is going to be cool. I've got to get him on Speaking of Products to tell us a little bit about what he's been up to. He's actually quite productive and he gets through a lot of things. So far, Noah's onto his third product. His first two were quite successful already. He sold the first one. The second one is up and running. It's an ongoing SaaS and it's out there making some revenue. And the third one, it's going to be big, I reckon. He's picked a platform which is really, really popular and he's going to be building some tools on top of that, which I reckon people are going to get a lot of value out of. Noah's got an interesting strategy there. He's launching on top of other platforms which are doing well in order to speed up the process confirm that there's a target market already and get his products out into the eyes of many customers as he can ASAP. Good move for someone who's getting started in the SaaS space. Noah's a really friendly guy and he shares a lot about what he's been up to, so I reckon you'll get a lot out of this episode. So without further ado, let's go and have a chat with Noah Bragg. Hey Noah, thanks for joining me on the show, man. It's good to have you here. Hey Dan, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Cool. Well, let's start with a bit of background. Um, for a bit of context for everyone who's listening in, let's talk about Noah Bragg. Who is he? So you're the creator of Coffee Pass, which you recently sold, by the way, which we'll talk about. And that's an app that create that helps independent coffee store customers order ahead and skip the line. So you got that one under your belt. You co-host the podcast Product Journey, which follows the stories of you and Ben Mann building and launching your own technology products. Um, the current product you're working on is Support Man, and that's an app that combines the power of Intercom and Slack together to improve the support provided by businesses to their customers. And you're busy. <laughs> you're already working on something else to try out, and that's called Potion, and that's an app that sits on top of – it's a website builder that sits on top of the Notion platform. Mate, you are busy. One busy man. <laughs> Yeah, well, I not all of those are, you know, going on simultaneously, you know, Coffee Pass was a two-year journey that for the most part ended like a year ago and then kind of the sales stuff happened more recently, but I was more or less kind of done with that. Um, and then, yeah, Support Man was kind of like the last six months um, and that's still going, but kind of moving on to Potion now while Support Man is just kind of running on the side. So, uh, yeah, fairly busy, but uh, yeah, it's not like I have all those running all the time at once, so that's good. Yeah, nice. So, a bit of more background about you, Noah. Whereabouts are you from in the world? What country or what city are you from? Yeah, so I'm in the United States. I'm in Seattle, Washington here, so yeah. And what do you get up to in your spare time? 
Yeah, so I mean, um, I have a day job. I work at Vizio, which is a, a TV company here, and um, I'm an iOS developer there. Um, so they have like mobile apps that connect to the TV, to kind of like a digital remote. So that's what I do during my day job. Um, but then, you know, I do a lot of uh, entrepreneurial stuff on the side. Um, I have a family. I have a wife and two kids. Uh, one's two and one's going to be five months here in a little bit. Um, so really, especially right now, I don't really have a ton of extra free time with everything I have going. And a lot of my free time right now is on, is you know, spending time on potions. So uh, other than that, I mean, once I do have time, like I really like hiking around here, going on hikes and, uh, playing, uh, different, different sports. Uh, pickleball is a sport I've gotten into. It's kind of like tennis. I don't, know, I don't know if you ever heard it. It's kind of <laughs> like tennis, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, no, I've, I haven't heard about that. What in earth is pickleball? Um, it's basically tennis, except it's a, a lot smaller court and your, your paddles are like hard paddles instead of, you know, more like bouncy uh, yeah. like the tennis ones and then the ball is actually like a wiffle ball like like a like a you know almost like a kid like baseball but a wiffle yeah. ball um and it's so it doesn't bounce as high and it doesn't yeah. go as far yeah so it's kind yeah. of fun just because really it's just it's easier than tennis so you can have a lot of volleys but it's it's kind of like table tennis or ping pong um but with a you know you're standing on a court so that's been fun nice man so that obviously keeps you busy, that and the family and work and doesn't give you much time to actually work on your products. But I swear to God, you must be quite productive in that time that you do have because from what I know about you and what I've learned doing a bit of research to record the session today and you know from what I've heard on your Product Journey podcast, you actually get through quite a bit and you actually produce quite a bit. So tell us about, a bit, about how you do that. Like how do you make the most of that spare time that you have even though it is quite limited? Yeah, so I'd say one thing first is, you know, with a product like Support Man, which I was working on, um, because it's built on a platform, you know, it's built on Intercom and Slack, as you mentioned, it's not really like a huge complex product. Like it's it's a pretty simple product. It's, you know, it's it's a server um, backend that's running in the background that sends messages to Slack. Um, and there's just not really a ton uh, that's having to do. So I think that's kind of, well, at least starting then, that was kind of my first strategy was really going for like smaller products, kind of like small bets where it's not going to take me multiple months just to build the product. Um, yeah, so yeah. that at least, you know, gets me to be able to build something fairly quickly. Um, but other than that, I mean, uh, I, you know, I spend my weekends a lot of times working on stuff. Um, I spend, I'll, you typically where I find time because I'm a night owl is like staying up later um, and working on it on the projects while basically the rest of the family's asleep. So I have time then. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I know that story quite well. I've got a family myself where I've got you know my wife and my daughter and my other daughter who's now a bit older. She's moved out of home, which is interesting. Uh, it's, change the family dynamics quite a bit but um yeah yeah finding that spare time you really find that getting up really early in the morning and having those hours before everyone else wakes up or late in the evening when everyone's settled down for the night and they're doing their own thing that's yeah that's the time you've got <laughs> to yeah. make the most of you're right yeah and then the other thing i'd say is that 
I've been very blessed to have a day job that really doesn't take a lot of my mental capacity and effort. And I think that's like, really, it's a great asset to have if you have a day job where one, it's like not too hard necessarily. Like in some ways, most people want, you know, a fun, challenging kind of job, which, you know, that's what I care about too. But, um, I'm kind of using that for my own side businesses and then just having kind of a more easy uh, day job, um, which it wasn't easy in the beginning, but I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm very comfortable at my day job to where it doesn't really push me and challenge me that much so that it doesn't really take a lot of energy out of me for me to do it, um, as well as it's not like a really time-consuming job where I know you know you could get a job where it takes it takes most of your week already, you know, if it's over 40 hours a week or whatever. Um, so I've definitely been blessed to not have a job that requires that much of me. So that that's definitely another way that I've been able to output or, or do the things I've been able to do. Yeah, that's that's actually a really interesting approach to look at it like that. Sometimes, especially those that are in the tech space, sometimes you can get involved in jobs or projects or things that are just really complex and really heavily and they, they take a lot of your mental energy to get through. So by the end of the day, you're just burnt out. You've got mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. left, you know, in your in your brain cells and you just want to relax. But having something which you're actually good at and you can do quite, um, you know, quite easily, get in there, get your job done for the day, um, know what you're doing quite well, that gives you a lot more mental capacity and available space to sit there and think through your other things after work when you when you want to do what you love, which is what you're doing, which is a nice approach. Well done. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was trying to do with it at least. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Um, talking about support, man, let's talk a bit, a bit more about that. So we mentioned before that's a B2B app. Um, it combines the power of Intercom and Slack together to improve the support provided by businesses to their customers. Um, for those that don't know, Intercom, that's a messaging platform which businesses can use to communicate with their prospective and existing customers, um, you know, on their website or through social media or via email. And then Slack, most people already know what that is, but whoever doesn't, uh, it's a popular communications platform used by teams to collaborate and stay in touch with each other. Um, it's very sort of ongoing. Everyone gets in there and has great conversations. You can check in on the conversation later if you come back to it. It makes you really productive and quite, but sometimes quite busy. <laughs> That's the other side effect of Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. You've built yourself a product on top of those two platforms, which helps businesses do more with their customers. And I, I reckon that was an interesting strategy that you described before where you've picked a couple of platforms which are very popular and you're building on top of that. And that gives you the way to get something out the door quite fast to test out a few hypotheses, to test out a few assumptions and to see if there's a market in that space, but without spending heaps and heaps of time up front building things and taking a long time to do it. Did I get that right? So that's your strategy, that's your approach, hey? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I just I think it's definitely easier to get started with a product that's, you know, it's mostly being used through platforms and products that teams are already using because if you're having to kind of introduce a whole new web application that they have to now spend time in like that's just it's a it's a harder sell to get a a new team to adopt a whole new product where if you just tell them hey you can just use the tools you're already using you already use slack you already use intercom this is just kind of an add-on to that that makes uh, your job easier whatever Um, i think it's an easier sell and it's also 
it's easier to go out and find customers that are using Slack, using Intercom. It kind of gives you a base point of where to get started. Um, and so I think it was definitely a good like first SaaS. Um, I think obviously the, the limits of how big it can grow is dependent on the platform that I chose and that it's built in. Um, but I, I think, um, I, I guess my advice is, you know, if you're just getting started out building a SaaS, like maybe find a platform like one of these to attach yourself to that you can kind of just get started more easily. Um, and I think it's just less risky. So that was kind of my strategy with, with support, yeah. man. That's a nice approach. And I think that's good advice as well, because what that helps you learn are some of the other aspects of running your own product-based business straight away. So you can learn how to do pricing. You can learn how to integrate with a payment platform. You can learn how to do marketing and you can get all those things up and running fast. Whereas traditionally those sort of things come later in the life of the product. And if you've spent so much time up front building, you wouldn't have got to those things until a lot later. So yeah, starting on the platform, getting into it, just getting it out the door helps you really learn and get into those other aspects of your product business a lot faster, don't they? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So what are some of the most valuable aspects of Support Man that people love about it? Like what? Are, why do they use it and what are they getting it value from it? Yeah, so the main thing, um, well, so first Support Man is, it's mostly, mostly serving support managers that, you know, are managing their team. Um, and so the thing that they care about the most is how how fast they're being responsive to their support uh, or to the customer supporting them. How how fast are they replying to them? Um, and then the other thing they really care about is the ratings that they're getting on their support tickets or support conversations. Um, those kind of two metrics is what they look at a lot and care about the most. It's it's how they kind of gauge how well their team's doing. How uh, different teammates are doing. And so basically what Supportman does is it takes um, the ratings, whenever a rating is sent from a customer through Intercom, it will then send a message to Slack to the whole channel, um, basically sharing what the rating was, um, what the comments were that the customer said, and then a link to the, the conversation so that if there was a negative rating or something like that, they can easily click into it to just go back and try to help that customer again or make sure they have everything solved that they needed. Um, and so that, that part of support man just kind of gives uh, the team kind of an awareness of how they're doing. It can also kind of make like a fun atmosphere for the team, a fun culture where, oh, they see like a a uh, a good rating come through it mentions them in slack and the whole team sees that so it kind of creates a culture around helping their customers as well um, and just lets them know how things are going so that's like the first part the support man does yeah um so that's that's actually if i put it in my own words because i'm coming in quite new to it that's a pretty cool approach you, you're taking intercom is the main platform that the business is interacting with the customer and then it brings everything from intercom all the good stuff down into the world of Slack where the team is hanging out and doing their work, right? Right. So, so it's it's not necessarily bringing everything. It's just bringing a couple key things that I found uh, through talking to support managers that they cared about that they would like to see in Slack. So it's just a couple key things. Um, but yeah, that's, that is pretty much right. Uh, the, the, se nice. the second part the supportman does is every week it will create kind of like a report and we'll bring in some of those metrics, uh, that I talked about and it will create like some charts and graphs and, and it will share those in a team uh, channel yeah. on Slack so that everyone can kind of be up to speed on 
um, you know, just how things are going with the team. Um, and then it also sends an, an individual report to each team member via direct message in Slack so that they each are kind of keeping up on, oh, how was I doing this week? How was I compared to last week? Things like that. Um, so yeah, that that's that's basically what support man is it's kind of those main two things. Um, just allowing teams to understand how they're doing and help their customers better through intercom. Nice. How long ago did you come up with that idea and where did you come up with it? Yeah. So, um, I kind of started on this project a little bit, probably at the end of 2019, I didn't really come to the idea, um, until January of 2020. Um, and I started out with a completely different idea um, that I called at the time user engine, where I was trying to use feedback um, from customers to help uh, people building startups and businesses to kind of understand what they need to build better through customer feedback. And so I started out by just interviewing different entrepreneurs, different founders, trying to understand how they deal with this problem. And through that, I kind of found that well, basically that early on, it's kind of hard to build a tool for this problem. Um, most of the feedback that founders are getting early on is just very direct. Uh, you know, it's through emails, it's through just talking to potential customers and things like that. There's not really a ton of data, which most tools, like when there's a lot of data, that's where maybe, you know, a tool that I was thinking of building could actually help. Um, and so I started to kind of move away from that idea. Um, but through that, I kind of found Intercom because I was thinking maybe Intercom would be a great place to build on top of with that tool in mind because a lot of data is already coming through Intercom. And so that's where a lot of good feedback could be found. Um, and so kind of when I was thinking through that, I, I then kind of talked to some different people that kind of more so pointed me in the support direction um, and also mentioning that there's more of a hole on intercom with support just because uh, there's already some tools that helped with feedback on intercom um, and that intercom was more so trying to go uh, more in the support direction. Um, that being said, like they're, they're trying to go upscale or yeah, upscale up market to get bigger companies to use them to do their support. And so support uh -huh. was what intercom was more and more caring about. Um, yep. And so I started to look There's in that opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. So I started to look in that direction uh, more so just because, you know, I think if you're building on a platform, you, you, if you are building something that helps the platform and where they want to go, like there's just more, I think, opportunity and chances that they're going to want to help you and, and kind of push what you're doing out to their customers because that's what they care about. Um, and so that's why I started to look into kind of the support route and, Starting that, I then basically just talked to a lot of support managers. I think I talked to about 30 um, different ones. And that's where I kind of came out, uh, came up with the idea of support man. Um, cool. Yeah. That's nice. And I could see that opportunity there when you mentioned it started, they were starting to move upscale towards the enterprise thing. You're thinking, yeah, okay, if that's where the customer base is heading, then you can think, if I provide something of good value to that sort of audience, yeah, they're, they're going to be more than willing to open up and um, start talking about me, about my product. Which brings me to my next question. How long did it take you from when you first started working on it until you had your first paying customer? How long was the time frame there? 
Yeah, so I think it took me, you know, I had a month or two of just this kind of discovery phase where I just kind of figuring out what I was going to build. Once I decided what what it was going to be, I, it then took me two months to build it. Um, and then I launched, I think, let's see, must have been in like April. And I got my first paying customer like three days after, which I was wow. pretty surprised. That's pretty good. Um <laughs> But yeah, that was good. And it's 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 not grown to be like a huge business or anything like that. It's just been kind of yeah. slowly like there's just I think I only have around eight or ten customers right now. Um yep. and uh but yeah, I'm happy with how it's gone thus far. So yeah. Yeah. And for the people that are paying for it and using it, they're getting the good value out of it. So that's important. So that's a win. Yeah. Right. So what what has the been the best thing about getting into it so far? You know, what's your favorite memory related to it and has it opened up any doors for you that you think it may not have happened otherwise? Um, I, hmm, I, I think really the main thing is just like the experience of learning through it, you know, learning uh, like how to build a product, sell to um, bigger companies. I've not really sold or talked with and tried to sell to bigger companies before because most of the companies that are using Supportman are, you know, 100 employees and to 250 or something like that like that's kind of the 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 space uh where you know it really is uh valuable to to companies that have you know a little bit bigger support team um so i'd say just like the learning experience of building a product and getting it out there quickly and selling um and i think just that learning experience kind of helped me more so figure out kind of like what kind of business i want to really build um and want to build next Um, and just kind of the things that I care about that I'd like to see in, you know, a business that, uh, hopefully is more of a long-term like lasting business that can hopefully, you know, replace my, my full-time income and things like that. Yeah. Have you faced any challenges with it, with support man? And, you know, is there anything that you've learned now in hindsight that you wished you knew when you, when you first started out before you started out with it? Yeah, so I think the hardest thing with support man, and and really I think this can be the hardest thing in a lot of businesses, is just the finding the right distribution channel. Um, Like obviously the distribution channel is really important um, to be able to get new customers, get people coming in the door to pay for your product. Um, And that was one of the main benefits I was hoping to to get from building on intercom is they have an app marketplace and um you know and uh support man was just on that marketplace where companies could find it um and i even it even got featured as one of the top new like apps for two months on the that oh, marketplace yeah. so a lot of my customers came during that co- during that time um but basically, the kind of the disappointment that I had was that it, it didn't bring in as many customers as I thought or kind of my hypothesis was. Um, yeah. And so that basically just it turned out to not be as great a, as a distribution channel as I was hoping. Um, so I don't know. I guess the learning from that is more so just really trying to figure out the distribution channel of your product earlier on. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I think basically it just showed me that I don't think Support Man can be like a huge business uh, just with that distribution channel. Um, and uh, so that's why I'm kind of looking to do some other products while that one just running on the side. 
Um, oh, but yeah, okay. I think it, it's it's a good business though, just because it really doesn't need need my attention. Like it just kind of runs on its own. Uh, customers don't really ever have problems, and uh, there's not much like surface area with the product to where they would even have questions or problems. So for me to support it and keep it going is like no time, which is really nice. Yeah, that is a great sort of first platform to be working with. There, you've got it. It's doing what it does. It does it quite well. It's not too complicated. Um, you're, you're landing on some other platforms as well, which are taking care of a lot of the heavy lifting about running this, the platform that you need. Right. And therefore, you can just get it running on autopilot in the background, but make sure you still provide that high level of value and support to people. Good. <laughs> nice first choice. But that means you get a lot of more free time to play with other things. So what else is keeping you busy these days? Yeah, so I've I've started working on Potion, um, which I'm really excited about, which is a website builder on top of Notion, um, and I'm still kind of figuring out what that exactly means or what what's that's gonna become. Um, but Can I just I'm, pause there for a yeah, second? Yeah, sure. That's the best name I've heard for a product that sits on top of another product in a long time. You get Potion on top of Notion, man. Well done. <laughs> that was an awesome choice of name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like. You know, it could be like add magical potion to Notion and you get a nice. awesome website builder. Um, nice. So, yeah, that's how I was kind of thinking of that. Um, so, what is it that people love about Notion that made you think, okay, this is another platform I can probably work with here? Yeah, so I kind of started out and just did a lot of research um, in the Notion space, trying to understand the community around Notion and what they care about, what they want. Um, and Notion is just a really cool product because there's a lot of like entrepreneurs and uh, pro consumers and just like, you know, one off people using it for their own like to do list or their own notes for you know, tons of things. You can do so many things in it. And so there's it's that. It's taken the world by storm, hasn't it? Like yeah. Years and years ago, you heard about Evernote coming onto the scene and suddenly everyone was taking Evernote seriously. Oh, wow, we can take notes and we record what we're doing. And then that started to sort of settle in but have it have its own quirks. And then over the years, a few other things turn up and then Notion just turn up on the scene and everyone just went, Wow, this is excellent. I love this. And so you're seeing so much amazing hype and interest in this platform notion. It's going off. And yeah. to hear you think, oh, okay, I've got to see what's available here. That's an interesting choice, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's mainly what made me think it was an interesting thing to build alongside. Because, um, like you said, like there's just people talking about it everywhere on the internet. There's communities, there's Reddit um, subreddits, there's Facebook groups. Like people just love Notion and they want to talk about it. Um, which I think is some really like fertile ground for building something that those people need um, because hopefully, and and this is what I'm hoping my distribution or one of my distribution channels will be for Potion is word of mouth, just, you know, people talking about it, um, enjoying using it. Um, so yeah, that was what kind of got me on to the thought of I maybe there's something I should look at with Notion to build on. Um, Kind of the other the other piece is that I think is pretty cool is that Notion also is used by lots of companies, you know, other SaaS companies, other startups, and so I think there's yeah. opportunity to help and serve those companies as well and kind of go up market a little bit. Um, and yeah, it just, it just seems like it's there's a good opportunity as well because Notion's actually just coming out with their API, um, which means that like. 
I think, you know, I think it means that there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to start popping up that's being built on top of Notion. And I think it's good to kind of be on the the front side of that because, you know, I'll be building this before their actual public API even comes out. Um, and so it's just, I think, good timing to be starting on something like this where, you know, a support man, Intercom, you know, their API, their marketplace had, has been around for, you know, a couple years by the time I got started. So, you know, I think there's just some advantages to getting started earlier where there's yeah, less competition the and, and yeah. things like that. That's awesome. So what I'm seeing here is you've got a bit of a pattern happening where you're looking at... Um, different platforms that are doing well and that you're looking for opportunities to build on top of those platforms. I reckon that's interesting. Some other people would say, you know what? It's probably better to do your own thing and go your own way and build your own platform and do your own stuff. But I think you've broken that myth where you've said, you know what? If you want to get something up and running fast and you want to get going with it and you want to be part of that wave that's happening, get on board build something that's going to be really useful but combine with other things that people are using and together you've got a situation unfolding where you can actually get something out the door well and and work with it so yeah i think you've actually done that do you find that you're hearing any sort of those comments about people saying you know don't build on other platforms yourself and what do you think about that um yeah i've heard that a little bit and i mean yeah, it definitely is a risk, you know, that, you know, maybe the platform wants to go down the road that you're already going down and they and they just make you obsolete or that they, you know, change something or break something and then your product doesn't work or, you know, there's risk that the, you know, eventually Notion dies off and no one cares about it, doesn't use it and your, your product would probably kind of die along with that. Um, so obviously there's some risks there. Um, I think... So yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. I think it's a pretty good fit though when you're a solo entrepreneur like myself where, you know, building along kind of like a marketplace or tools that other people are using. I think the benefits kind of outweigh some of those negatives. And obviously you have to be careful about those negatives and kind of look out for them. Um, but yeah, I think it, it makes a lot of sense for bootstrappers or solo entrepreneurs like myself. Yeah, I agree. I think that gives you such an interesting, fast launch point. Um, and to be honest, when you think about it from the other point of view, if you're the person that owns Notion or that works with Notion and runs that as your product or you're the team on that, or for example, you know, Intercom, they're probably looking at you thinking, that's excellent. This person's providing additional value to our product. So they're looking at that as a win-win. Um, Another major organization that's done that really well over the years is Atlassian. I don't know if you know about mm -hmm. their products, yeah. like Jira and Confluence. Atlassian started going out into the world of um, enabling people to make plugins for their platforms. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, it kept the momentum going. It let people get more involved and it let the users of the Atlassian products get more options available to them. So I think they see that as a win-win. There is risk, of course, but... Um, I think the opportunities probably outweigh those risks in some factors for sure. And, you know, if you look back even earlier than that, when Microsoft was, you know, one of the major players in the software space and really there wasn't many others, what did they do? Their strategy over time was to find people that actually connected in with their platform and then they just make them interesting offers that they couldn't refuse. So, yeah, who knows? That might be in your future yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, for sure. Um, I think, you know, the other, kind of going back to like kind of this wave that we're maybe seeing with Notion, um, I think the other kind of 
thing that I was looking at was I feel like Notion could grow as a company a lot more. Like they have a hundred employees right now and I've, they've, they have like job boards for like 20 uh, additional positions. And so they they probably could be a lot bigger company, have a lot more employees. I think I saw somewhere that there's like a hundred million people using Notion, um, which is a lot, but I yeah. think that, you know, they could get a lot more users as well. Maybe I need to check on that that number just to make sure that's right. But yeah, that's what I think I saw. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's there's kind of a wave with Notion as we we're talking about that that also makes it just a good platform to attach yourself to. Nice man, cool. So that's the journey. That's the Noah Bragg journey. So starting out with Coffee Pass, which we haven't mentioned, we should probably talk about that in a second. Coffee Pass, then going on to Support Man, and now looking into Potion. It's been an interesting journey. So yeah. You did recently sell Coffee Pass, just briefly. You know, how did that go? Was that a cool experience for you? And how did that all pan out? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Coffee Pass, I started with a buddy of mine from college in 2018. And that was really a very different kind of startup that we were trying to build. We were trying to really like swing for the fences. We were trying to, you know, get a big uh, startup home run kind of thing. And, and, you know, that was from just looking and seeing all the different startups coming out of Silicon Valley and wanting to do, you know, something similar like that. And um, so we, we started that business on the side of our day jobs, um, but pretty quickly ended up, uh, you know, quitting our jobs to focus on that full time. And so we, we took a way bigger risk with Coffee Pass. Um, and, you know, it was just a, a much riskier business. Um, we, we got up to around 20 coffee shops that were using our app, um, which, yeah, just real quick. So what it, it did was basically allow local shops to offer order head services for their customers. So, you know, customers could order on their phone, show up to the coffee shop, and then it would be ready to go for them. Um, yeah, nice. And so that was... There, it was it was definitely a lot bigger project to take on, and then there was a lot of selling that we had to do, figuring out how to to get coffee shops to to use this product, and um, we we kind of saw that we to make this a profitable like a good business, we'd have to really get a ton of coffee shops on, mm-hmm. um, and that was you know it was definitely a challenge, and. Um, it, it was kind of one of those business models where you just have to have a ton and a ton of volume for it to yeah, really work. It's a numbers game. Yeah, yeah. And so really there was no way for us to really uh, make that company into something unless we went out and got venture capital, like really scaled really big. And you know, that's what you kind of see similar with like DoorDash, Grubhub, uh, Uber yep. Eats and some of these other startups um, where I don't, some of them, I don't even think they're profitable today. Um, wow. So they're, they're companies that really just have to spend a ton of money to get going um, and just really grow. And and that was- Yeah, because the margins are so thin, right? You're right. Like you're only take shaving off such a small amount off right. each, each transaction. So you got to have scale, big scale, right. which brings complexities. Yeah. But you did it. You, you got it up and running and and obviously you got it to a point where you know there was interest in the market for someone to take that off your hands. So what happened there? Yeah, so basically once we started figuring out some of these things and just figuring out how hard and difficult it would be to um, basically take this startup to actually be successful, 
we we did raise a little bit of seed money before that time and so we after finding this stuff we basically decided that we wanted to sunset it and and not continue working on it and that we would maybe just look for someone to acquire it from us um yeah. and that was a hard process um you know it's hard, hard to find someone to that wants to buy your startup and what happened was out of the blue, a guy just emailed us who had apparently been in a coffee shop, just been thinking about this idea. He searched online to see if anyone had done it. And, it was, you know, it's basically the same idea as Coffee Pass. He found Coffee Pass and then reached out to us and uh, said that he was interested in acquiring it. So that's wow. kind of how that kind of started. Uh, but it was a really long process. We it from first talking to him to when we actually sold it to him, it took almost a full year. Wow, that's um different. I don't know if anyone has ever heard Noah's podcast product journey with his co-host Ben Mann. Uh, if you haven't, go and check it out. But that's the complete opposite of what Ben's just gone through recently. Right, uh, right. Ben, <laughs> ben was on the podcast this show a couple of months ago, and um, he told us about what he was working on, and folks. Ben ended up selling that within 24 hours. He told the world that he was sunsetting it and that he was thinking of selling it. 24 hours later, someone knocked on the door and took it off his hands. Yeah. So your yours was, yours was a little bit different. You you went through the due diligence process and actually you you were actually had a, a solid piece of kit there that everyone was looking at, but they wanted to make sure that it was going to fit within their value proposition. So you know went through it 12 months and for the sale. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's kind of what it looked like. And it was interesting with COVID. It, COVID actually made what we built with Coffee Pass a lot more valuable, uh, you know, because at that point, then coffee shops were really like trying to find solutions for this because people, you know, weren't wanting to go in their store and stuff like that. So that that also made this all kind of interesting as well, which kind of that was kind of the point that sped up the whole deal and the process to where they then eventually actually bought it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an interesting um, experience, and I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily fun. Like the the deal part, the negotiating part, wasn't necessarily fun because you know it just took so much time, and there's a lot of kind of thinking through how to like handle different situations with that and negotiate. Um, but it was definitely a good learning experience to kind of see what that would look like, um, and so definitely learned a lot from that. Um, and, and we were happy with the, the outcome that it was. So that was good. Nice. Well, Noah, you're certainly on your journey, mate. You have gone, gone through three so far. So you've gone through Coffee Pass, hit Support Man, and it's now up and running and doing its thing. And you're off to Potion. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, your journey is well underway, mate. Are there any resources that have helped you on your way? And is there any suggestions you could provide to other people following in your footsteps? Yeah, I mean... I think there's a lot of good um, communities out there. Um, I, I tried to be, especially earlier on, I was really involved in IndieHackers.com. I think that's a great place, if you haven't heard of that already, to just get to know other entrepreneurs and people uh, trying to do similar things as you. Um, I listen to probably about seven or eight podcasts that are you know, kind of similar to the podcast that Ben and I do with Product Journey, where it's just it's, it's entrepreneurs talking about their journey, talking about their decisions, what they're doing. And it, it just really gives a inside look into how people are creating businesses. And that's definitely helped a lot to kind of take in all that information. Um, so, yeah, those are we the... Might, um, we might list out some of those podcasts in the show notes. If yeah, we, we yeah, we could them. do that. Yeah. Um, awesome. But, yeah, other than that, I've just, you know, 
try to read different books um, and and uh, see what people are doing online on on Twitter. Um, but yeah, there's just a ton of information out there to learn how to how to do this stuff. So yeah, definitely nice. go out and look for it. Does one book come to mind? Anything? Uh, let's see. Um, so Arvid Cow's book, I think, is a great place to start um, with uh, uh, bootstrapped or what is it called? Zero to Zero to Soul. Yeah, yeah Zero to Soul. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a nice great one. place to start, uh, just because it has such a good overview of the whole process. So I think that would be a good one to take a look at first. Cool. Nice. Thanks, Noah. So last interesting question. If you had all the time and resources that you needed, what ridiculously ambitious project would you work on and why? Oh man, that's, that's very hard to think of. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Cause all the resources. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's a tricky to, one. Yeah, it's hard to, like, I'd have to really think about what that process, what my strategy would be, and, you know, especially with all the different resources and stuff. Um, If someone came to you, like, literally with, like, a trillion dollars and just said, Noah, go for it, what would you do? How would you you solve the world's problems? (laughs) I mean, I would definitely, like, try to probably get, like, a a really good team around me that can, you know, execute on it. um, Nice. Especially with all the money and stuff. Yeah. but I don't know. It's hard for me to think of something else other than what I'm able to do right now with the resources yeah. that I have right now, which, you know, isn't much. It's just my time and my own effort, basically. Um, you know, and definitely I would continue working on Potion um, for sure. Yeah, cool. Uh, cool but yeah. Man. that's That shows there's dedication in the thought process there, mate. That's cool. Yeah. You're, you're focused. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So... Where can our listeners find out more about Noah Bragg and everything else you're working on? What's 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 the ways they connect with you? Yeah, so I have a blog that I post on every once in a while, nobrag.com. Um, and then I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter. My uh, handle is Noah W Bragg. And I should be having a, a website coming up here pretty soon at adpotion.so for for the new potion product that I'm working on. Um, so yeah there you go folks you heard it check it out when it's online it's good Noah I've really appreciated this conversation today actually you're you're quite inspiring to me the way that you go about it you execute really well so thank you for joining me on the show it's been a great conversation folks if you haven't checked out Noah's stuff I really urge you to do so it's really interesting check out his check out his podcast have a listen to the conversations that he and Ben have on product journey have a look at support man Get in there and have a look. But really, check out Potion when it starts showing up because this is coming, man. And as you've heard, Notion is big and this is going to give you an opportunity to actually get out there and play and get something really fast. Get a website built really fast based on using the tool that you like. So check it out when the time comes. Noah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Thank you. Well, I really enjoyed that chat with Noah. What did you guys think? Let's recap that for a second. There was a really interesting strategy that Noah goes through, and I mentioned at the start, he builds on top of platforms. And I did hint of it in the interview. Some people actually sort of say, "Mm, probably not a good idea to go and build on other people's platforms in case, you know, something happens and they they make a move and they take the opportunity away from you and you lose your ability to actually service your customers. But on the contrary, and what Noah has proven is that building on a successful platform gives you a lot of benefits. You can move fast, 
you have an interesting set of people to start marketing to straight away. There's a big audience, the potential audience there who are going to get a bit of value out of your product. Importantly, you're sort of building on the momentum of an already moving wave, which is really cool. The larger and more well-known the platform, the more people are going to be on it, right? So the bigger the wave will be that you can actually catch and start tapping into. So like I said already, Noah's proven that with support, man, you can actually build on top of a platform and get moving really fast and start getting into the whole marketing side of it, getting into the other parts of your SaaS, which ordinarily would take a lot of time to happen because you're stuck building. And then he's learned from that success and he's going bigger next time. He's jumping onto Notion and it is huge already. If you haven't heard about it, I don't know where you've been, but it's out there and a lot of people love it. So keep an eye out for what Noah's doing there. He is going to make some big moves, I reckon. And importantly, he's having a bit of fun with it along the way. So that's cool. That's what we'd like to see. And in speaking of products, I am all about having a bit of fun. I hope you've had a bit of fun listening to the episode today yourself. But that's all we've got time for. As is the usual case, when we get to the end of the show, I like to give some shout-outs. And the shout-outs this week go to everyone I met recently when I started a meetup here in my local town, Canberra. I started a, speaking of products, local meetup just to bring together all the folks locally who are doing the same sort of thing as I, you know, building their own products on the side, being self-funded, picking themselves up by their bootstraps, so to speak. Yeah, and it's been good. We've had two events so far. And a bit of interest from a few people. So shout outs to everyone who has signed up to the meetup there. If you haven't already and you're in the Canberra area or nearby, have a look. Go to meetup.com and look for Speaking of Products. Hey, just before we get to the end, do you have any questions or things that you are interested in finding out about the product journey that we're all talking about? If you do, get in touch with me on Twitter. I can be found at Mr. Dan Miller or at speak of products yeah let me know what you're thinking we can talk about it on the show now if you heard anything today that you're interested in you want to find out a little bit more go and have a look at the show notes at speakingofproducts.com or if you're on your podcast player you know just swipe over at the moment and have a look down there i've got them in there for you and that my friends is it that's it for the show well speaking of products is a creation of miller productions I'm Dan Miller, and you're a fantastic product maker. All the best with whatever you're working on. And remember to keep speaking of products. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.